This episode is brought to you today by our friends at Audible.com. Audible is your go-to source for audiobooks on the go. With over 180,000 titles to choose from, finding something that you love to listen to is a piece of cake. So support the show and support yourself and your well-being by becoming a member of Audible today. So go to audible.com slash mad. That's audible.com slash M-A-D. Start your 30-day free trial today. Get on it. I love Audible. Thank you, Audible. And uh, let's start the episode. You sound insane. Do you realize that? The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Seems like just yesterday we were here, fellas. Uh, double <laughs> episodes last week from us. Fans, they overwhelmed us. And they demanded it. And so your wish uh, is our command. You know, sometimes we joke about that, but that one's for real. Like People yeah. really did demand it. It was weird. We really had was... no plans. But thank yeah. you to the people who have listened to our Star Wars reaction yeah, trailer awesome. episode megathon, whatever we want to dub it. Pro-Am. Pro-Am. For the cure. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, but we, we unfortunately, we lost money because uh, the, the giant check cost more than we raised. But it, I think it was worth it. It was right. fine. It's a great piece of wall art. Right. Dino. Yes. Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. A lot of movie news to talk about tonight. A lot of stuff yeah. swirling around in the biz. I like to call it the biz. And by, and by the biz, you, of course, mean the industry. Yeah, of course. By the industry, I do mean the business. Absolutely, and now we're, and now we're back. Having said that, a lot of Marvel stuff to talk tonight. Uh, we're anticipating Captain America Civil War. Still a few weeks away, but reviews are starting to roll in. Premieres are happening. So get excited. I'm excited. I don't know if I'm going to be as excited as I am right now on the day, but I'm excited right now. So... Uh, at least I was. I can mark it on the record here. Uh, sure. The debut of Spider-Man. Big, big hype for that. But we have Spider-Man news. So we have an official, official title revealed for the Marvel Studios Spider-Man film, the long-awaited, much-anticipated uh, Marvel Studios version of Spider-Man. Spider-Man, the fifteenth act, right? It's the fifteenth act. <laughs> that right. one maybe yeah. made, maybe made more sense, but uh, it's called Spider-Man. <laughs> Semicolon, homecoming. Nice yeah. little little tongue in cheek there. I like it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Maybe a high school homecoming plot line. I'm sensing there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You maybe, should maybe... see the you should see the web, mum. We'll see. <laughs> exactly. We're gonna a lot of mums. That's what we need is more mums in our lives. That's the villain. Think... Is mum man yeah, is the villain. Mum the villain. <laughs> great villain. One of one of Marvel's best. Lesser yeah. known, yeah. It's from the I think third generation, late seventies. But right. uh, Mum Man is yeah. um, obviously <laughs> he can. He, I won't give it away. I won't give it away. Okay. Yeah. Those those comics are exclusive to uh, Texas and random parts of Arkansas of uh, California. So uh, it's fun. It's it's, <laughs> it's an only, interesting. Yeah, only in the deep south. It's right. weird. It's really weird. The uh, it's right after that's right after the debutante ball series, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. that's my favorite. The release date is also confirmed for this, July seventh, twenty seventeen. Okay, so yes. still over a year uh, to go. Right, I believe they're starting production on that now. Sure. And we have uh, a little movie news rumor rumbling uh, to go with this this evening. We haven't had a rumbling in in a while. <laughs> in short, on can rumblings. you feel it? Whoa, yeah, yeah I feel it. 
The rumbling is <laughs> Michael Keaton to play the villain, uh, perhaps Mum Man. Mum Man, yeah. Michael Keaton has Mum. That he fits the persona perfectly. I mean, they're late, they're really sharp, and he yeah. just flings them. <laughs> Kind of like uh, Dave Franco with those cards and Now You See Me, but they're uh-huh. just mums. Yeah. Yeah. Like little little cheer trumpets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> American Treasure, Michael Keaton yep. as a villain in, in a Spider-Man movie. Totally in. That sounds awesome. Great casting there. It's just an excuse to get Keaton involved in Marvel. And I'll take yeah. it all day. Yeah. Who do we call to make that happen? Do we have to make some sort of donation, or is it just? Do you think it'll happen one way or the? I mean, I, I want I want to see this now. Well, the Keaton sense, Keaton sense, is in full force. Still, we're in the midst of it. Still, I mean, who would have thought? Uh, Birdman spotlight. Now he's got that McDonald's movie. Who knows if it'll be good? But it looks to be more of the same from him. And let's not forget RoboCop and Need for Speed, guys. <laughs> right. You know, those you were, never forget those the highlights of this. And the and the other guys. Oh, he's great. The other guys, I like the other guys, really funny. The other underrated, but that was like the beginning. That was like the uh, yeah, kind of early Keaton Assange. Yeah, we hadn't seen him in a while, and then randomly showed up in that. And hey, Keaton's great. We need to get him in more (laughs) stuff. And uh, maybe we should give the guy who used to be Batman some movie roles every once in a while. (laughs) Maybe try that out. I think it was his choice. Not I know he he did. I'm sure you saw Richard. He did a spot on. CBS Sunday morning, right before yeah. Birdman, I think, came out and just talked about, like, yeah, I just kept getting scripts and just saying this is garbage and I don't want to do it. So, you know, <laughs> it's fine. I get it. But it's good to have him back. I think he was realized that, hey, people could still like me. I don't know if he thought people wouldn't like him in his later. You know, I don't know if he's self-conscious or what the deal was there. But interesting fellow. He needs to do more, more interviews and things. It's going to be weird to see a Batman playing a Marvel villain. Don't know if that's happened yet. Besides, if we count MacGruber as a Marvel hero, then <laughs> technically Val Kilmer was a was Batman playing a. Well, now that's all I can think about. Thanks, Ken. <laughs> just what if they just super R rated Marvel movie? What if they introduce MacGruber into the Marvel's MCU? What if they just make that announcement I'm in. one day? <laughs> okay. Again, how do we make this happen? We gotta like. That would be great. Just Spider-Man just ripping throats. And... Would, would we rather have MacGruber in The Expendables or The Avengers? Um, perhaps The Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, fast. Yeah, both yeah, and. Yeah, I'll take both, yeah. How about MacGruber in Mad Max universe? I'll take I'm that. of the opinion that MacGruber should be in every movie. Just like... <laughs> and, a, and a lot of you laugh like he wouldn't fit in... in um... In, in the Marvel Universe, he's not heroic. You know, let me let me again just recite this resume. He's a former Navy SEAL, Army Ranger, and Green Beret. He served six tours in Desert Storm, yeah. four in Bosnia, three each in Angola, Somalia, Mozambique, Nicaragua, and Sierra Leone. Yep. He's a recipient of 16 Purple Hearts, three Congressional Medals of Honor, seven Presidential Medals of Bravery, and he was a starting tight end for the University of Texas, El Paso. That's impressive. So, but that was a long time ago, so Richard. It was a long time ago, but still, like, he's, I mean... Is he? I think he's probably the most qualified Marvel hero. Yeah, like it would. He would fit perfectly. I mean, you got Iron Man, you got Thor, you got Black Widow, you got MacGruber, you got Captain America. He could at least take Hawkeye. I mean, mean, come on, he could take. Yeah, Yeah, he's way better. He rip. I mean, yeah, you're. You can shoot arrows. Hawkeye. Yeah. Gosh, and you're gonna want to get used to that Marvel fans because that's pretty much his go-to move. We're still living in a time where MacGruber has not shown up on Netflix yet. 
What is the deal? Man? How has that not <laughs> been the first thing that happened when Netflix yeah. came out? I don't. Yorma is a listener, so it's maybe more, maybe you'll hear Netflix this movie ever. Gosh, we do need to make that happen. We yeah, need to absolutely. Get a petition started for Herbert yeah. or Netflix, but Herbert Two will, will happen. But I mean, oh my gosh, have you guys been watching Last Man on Earth? Anybody kept up with it? I'm two episodes behind. I think. Oh my, it's Forte is. Oh, he needs to never never stop. It, he's so Tandy like in that role. He's so funny in that. It's, it is. I mean, I'm a huge Forte guy. Not not quite as uh, as a long time fan like as Richard. Him, but... Yeah, but it's it's next level Forte, even for Forte. I mean, it's just incredible. He's so funny on that. Yes, side recommend. But a little more Marvel yeah. news to talk. Uh, we got some Marvel trailers dropping. The first of those being uh, the Doctor Strange. First look at that over the past few days. Brian, any thoughts on that? Doesn't give a whole lot away, which is good. You don't you don't want to get. I do think their next trailer is going to have to give you at least a, a taste of what the plot is, because this one it seems like the whole bit is just like we're just going to give you a few glances, and it's just going to be very mysterious, and that's all well and good. I'm I'm on board for that, but. I think for it to be the huge financial hit that they want it to be, I think you're going to need a little bit more of uh, a taste so that people just aren't super confused about what's happening on the screen. Cause it doesn't really look marvelly. Um, and Dr. Strange obviously is not like a Thor or a Hulk or Captain, you know, one of these really well-known superheroes, I think for the, for the, you know, just general audiences. Um, but it looks really cool. I love the cast. Obviously we're big Cumberbatch fans. Um, I I love Rachel McAdams. Uh, I, I I think it's a really good cast. Here's what Mitch surprised to me: see how Doctor Strange time travels. Yes, I, I mean that's got to be a big part of it. I would assume it's as is every movie that she's in. Um, just in her contract, just has to happen at some point. Uh, maybe it'll just be like a post credit teaser. Yeah, exactly. Just, all right, well, we fulfilled the contract. So, um, the, I did not know that he was not that he was going to go American accent. It threw me off and, and that it weirded me out that he wasn't uh Cumberbatch voicing. So that, yep. that was different to me. I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. I was expecting to hear some, just that voice. Well, it is. <laughs> it, it threw me off too. It is quite strange, Brian. <laughs> oh, zing. All right. We'll see you next week uh, at the cinema. Good night. But no, talk. A good excuse to get Cumberbatch involved in Marvel Cinematic. I mean, it just seems like such a natural fit. It was bound to happen eventually. And he has been rumored for characters for a while. And uh, he ended up going with Doctor Strange. It was rumored, uh, you know, we talked a lot about Joaquin Phoenix attached to this at one point, yeah. too. I think that would be awesome. Cause he yeah, might that'd be great. Be I don't Strange. know if but he Cumberbatch is it. great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if he could handle it or if everyone involved with Disney could handle <laughs> him for that period of time. You think Kevin Feige just has like a board in his office with the with all of the names on it? Just every person in Hollywood is like, how can we get this guy in a movie? <laughs> just I don't know. Just spins to this week. I'm going to work on George Clooney and just try to figure out how to get Clooney. I, I don't know. It's just every time they announce a name, you're just like, oh, wow, that's a huge A-list name. Crazy. Yeah. And I've been wanting Cumberbatch in for a while, and uh, you know, I'm just you're just waiting for him to be in Star Wars too. You know, that's a natural fit that's gonna eventually yeah. occur. Uh, it was supposed to be Captain Phasma. They went with the female 
there, like Gwendolyn Christie, and went, went in a different direction. That would have been a perfect way to put him in Star Wars, though, because you don't see his face, and it wouldn't say, well, this guy from Star Trek, you know, you wouldn't really cross those that much. And like Simon Pegg said, you know, he wanted to be involved in Star Wars, but um, didn't want to ruin the experience because, oh, sure. you're Simon Pegg, you know, randomly, because <laughs> he, he might not fit the universe perfect, so they made him a, an alien, or uh, Uncar Plutt, I think his name is. But yeah. uh, I thought Johnny Depp was supposed to be Doctor Strange too, so I'm kind of glad they didn't go that direction. They didn't right have yeah. they didn't have the budget for the scarves. They didn't have right. enough white face paint for a three body <laughs> right. suit. I mean, yeah. you just can't. Yeah, Johnny, there's no like he he doesn't have a crow on his head. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. Right, we're gonna have to go well, a different does, direction. He does now. Scarf it's, budget. He talks on. like this. This is how he talks. Like, what? Do you th- what if you're a, what if you were Johnny Depp's scarfist? I mean, that would be a, a good gig. I mean, think about how much money you would... Yeah, that's you get a commission on those scarves? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what they're called, scarfist? Or is it a scarf? I, I do all of Deb's scarfing. Scarfing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I, you you work uh, with Steven Tyler, too, I believe, don't you? <laughs> yes. Uh, I do all of his scarfing as well. Um, I'm a, yeah, but Deb keeps me pretty occupied i mean he's going through about we're on a clip for 3300 this year just this calendar year (laughs) he never rewears any scarf just just throws it away immediately just we have rules i mean it's a process like anything um we run analytics on it we know pashmina (laughs) works best obviously for film premieres and uh i have an excel spreadsheet i have a pivot table that's (laughs) intensive it's worth right. it though. It's a, it's a. You got to figure out which fabric goes best with the biggest ridiculous hat. You know, that's that's really a big part of the process. And you want to get a fabric thick enough that really tamps down the smell, right? Because <laughs> because make no mistake, he he smells just just horrible. Absolutely terrible. It's insufferable to be around. That's what that's what the scarves. That was the original purpose, but then he he fell in love. But if you if you want more. Stuff like this, just subscribe to our other podcast, Scarf Talk. It's weekly scarf. Do you think he has like things. a scarf? Do you think he has a scarf drawer, scarf closet, scarf room? Like, what are we scarf thinking boat. here? Scarf boat. <laughs> we are covering that this week on Scarf Talk, so stay tuned. Awesome. Yeah, don't ruin it, Richard. Just a tease. Yeah. Uh, comic book movies on the DC side, uh, they have confirmed that uh, they Ben Affleck will direct a Batman movie now. It will direct a standalone Batman one. So we knew that it was hey, coming. Hey, good publicity. Cool. Yeah, right. look at us. Don't pay attention to the movie that's out now. Right. <laughs> I think it's just about done. Like, I haven't I haven't heard anything. I, I really think they might pull it soon before Captain America just obliterates it here in about two <laughs> yeah. weeks. Takes no. every, well, yeah. Well, they got Justice League to focus on, so I'm sure it'll be a quality <laughs> film. What do we think about their reaction? We've heard in the past couple of weeks that, Warner Brothers is like rethinking their entire studio now, basically because of that. And I mean, thank you. If that if that's what it took, maybe for them yeah. to not do any more Wachowski movies, and you know, I don't know. But apparently, they're taking a big step back, and they did so by renaming the Jungle Book Origins. Now it's just called Jungle Book, so that's not going to be not, confusing. Not confusing at all. At all. <laughs> yeah. You know what we're going to need immediately after the Jungle Book comes out this weekend? Probably next year. We're going to need an, another jungle. jungle Book uh, Origins. But this one does have Cumberbatch. So. 
So what can we do to make us look less reactionary right. in trying to keep up with Disney? Let's literally remake the exact same property a year later. <laughs> it's a weird property because it's not a Disney. It's a Rudyard Kipling. I don't know how that worked. You know, I guess it. some of those older Disney it's, movies aren't really their property. They yeah, just kind of did an interpretation. It's like, yeah. like Sherlock. You can. It's public domain. You can make it. You can't really own the yeah. rights to it. I right. think it's past a certain age. So that's crazy. And we're getting multiple Tarzans, too. I think that's kind of the same deal. Uh, we're getting multiple no of those. No more. No more. Don't <laughs> I don't feel like we need the Tarzan movie You'll that's coming out this year. in yeah. my heart. Oh, man. Once again, if they want to go Phil Collins, I'm in. That's, that's the only way to get me in at this point, I think. I'm, I'm not. I'm out otherwise. Yeah. Speaking of trailers, new trailers, we have the Harry Potter trailer. What did you guys think of that? Yeah. The Harry Potter trailer i guess fantastic beasts and yes. where to find them i'm excited man i'm i'm excited uh because i love that universe quite a bit but i'm also excited because this is gonna force kent to watch the movies and we'll have to do an episode on it and that makes me excited as well i, I enjoy that's wb so they have that yeah which is cool who they're, says they're making money <laughs> who said i would watch the harry potter we're gonna we're gonna make to you it. Part of, part of the next contract. I'm not the completest on the show. That's not that's not I. <laughs> I can go in. I want to go. Actually, you know what? We need somebody on the show to come in with a fresh slate. I've never seen Harry Potter. It's going to see Fantastic Beasts for the first time with no preconceived notion of what it should be. I think that should be me. I'm volunteering it to be me. So I will be. that will be me on that episode. <sighs> Richard, do you want to fight Kent or do I have to do it? I don't, <laughs> I don't I'm know. I'm just kidding. No, I, I will say the trailer looks good. Trailer looks good, yeah. though. I think, uh, you know, I was excited when they cast Redmayne. Since then, I've kind of, I'm a little, I'm a little beaten by Redmayne. But I, I imagine by November, I'll, I'll be back on the, on the Redmayne. I, I don't see why you had to have the characters suffer from MS. It just seems like, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Just any bad. Oscar bait he can just, do. You yeah. think he's just constantly pitching ideas that'll get him. Right. Now, I think, no, maybe this one, though. Now, hear me, hear me out. Um, like, maybe I have one eyeball and the other one's kind of <laughs> wonky, right? And like, I'll do it. I'll learn it. I'll train my muscles. And, uh, yeah. He yeah, tried just, something just like ahead. that for Jupiter Ascending and it didn't work. Like, what if I just go completely crazy with yeah. this? What if I'm actually a dead body yeah. on screen? Now, what if this time? character, right? Now, I know it's not in the script, but it's in the subtext. Like, what if I was albino? <laughs> no, Eddie. Chill. Just, just do the, just do the show. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate the, appreciate right, the notes. No, okay. No, I'm willing. It. I'm willing. I'll be to back cut tomorrow with eighteen more. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. <laughs> probably don't have to go that far, but thanks. thanks. What are you See thinking? Of, what did you think of this, Richard? The kind of undercurrent, uh, assance on top of Keaton and um, McConaughey, obviously, is the Colin Farrell assance, and yeah. uh, I was pumped to see him in something like this because I think he's a really, really cool actor and. I haven't really seen him in a big movie in a while. So, um, and I, I'm someone that watches um, SWAT almost weekly. So it's cool to see him <laughs> in a big blockbuster. No, but really, I do love him. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of the Feral as well. And uh, so that I kind of forgotten that he was in this cast until he yeah, shows up about halfway through. And you're like, oh, yeah, that looks yeah. great. By the way, so. longest teaser trailer I've ever seen. It's like almost three yeah. minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, guys. It is kind of this one is just scene. A trailer. Yeah, it's not really. A, there's not a lot of plot, but it looks cool. I mean, looks to be more of the same, and I can't complain there. They do. They do very well. So uh, it'll be big stuff. Big stuff to talk about uh, coming up. We have casting news. Our buddy John Krasinski 
is going to be in a movie oh, no. produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh, and it's this a is, sci-fi. Going to be movie. the bad one. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the bad J.J. Abrams movie. <laughs> it's not. He's not directing it. Uh, Julius Ona is directing it. It's a bad ro- robot production, but it's uh, it's called God Particle. Oh and, yeah, uh, David yeah. Oyelowo is also in the cast. It's a science fiction J.J. Abrams movie, so maybe this will be the John Krasinski movie that does decent. Because it hasn't Maybe. happened yet. I love John Krasinski, yeah. and he picks great people to work with. Unfortunately, it's always the worst movie those people ever make, right. and it sucks because all parties are great. Yep. Evidence one: Leatherheads. <laughs> I, I like. I prefer Leatherheads. You say I? I think that's Clooney's maybe crowning achievement. <laughs> <laughs> the most sarcasm possible, right there, just now. But it's not a, nothing against him. I mean, he's well liked. He's He's Jim, so you oh, know. he's great. Everybody yeah. loves him. I just he's it's like this weird. I think he just like cashed in all of his his karma <laughs> to uh, to get Emily Blunt. So you know, and that's probably a good call. I, I don't <laughs> blame him for that, but uh, just can't get can't get a movie right. It's weird. Yeah, he sold his Michael, soul for Emily Michael Blunt. Michael Buble put a hex on him. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It's a really jazzy hex, though. It's a great hex. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. I hope that you die. I think that you'll cry. Yeah, something like that. Any other movie news we got? We have the Men in Black 23 Jump Street is confirmed, finally. Fully confirmed. Awesome. And it's called MIB 23. Nice. That's the title. Nice. So I unfollowed somebody on Twitter today because they were railing against this idea. And I think this is such a good idea and this could be such a fun movie that I, I was like, nope, I'm done. Unfollowed the person. So sorry, Richard. To me, it sounds like it could be. <laughs> it's just, it's just a great way to get. Hey, we want to do Men in Black with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Oh, this is a really natural progression to just like intertwine the story. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I would have been down for a Men in Black movie with them too. You know, had it not been these characters, but I think that the fact that he sees characters and they get recruited by the Men in Black or whatever, I think that's just going to add a fun element to it, and uh, it's going to make a. The uh, MIB 23 Jump Street uh, cinematic universe, which I never thought would be a thing, but crazy. I'm just sad that this got out kind of earlier than it did with the WikiLeaks. I know. And, it would have been yeah. such a crazy, weird turn in the middle of the third 23 Jump. It sucks that. That's what the plan is. We always was, say it. Yeah. it sucks that we know. Uh, I'm looking forward to it nonetheless. No, no timetable for that one, but James Bobin will be in the director's chair because the Lord and Miller duo are busy with Star Wars. So, have that to look forward to. But speaking of Star Wars, rumors floating that Daisy Ridley will do Tomb Raider, a new Tomb Raider movie at some point. So maybe Ooh, Queen of the Reboots, cool. Daisy Ridley. Or as Lara <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's good casting though. I think I think she can pull yeah. that off very well. You know, I've watched uh, Force Awakens a couple times this week uh, because I love science, and um, she. I, I knew she was great when we watched. I would have I would have given her an Academy Award nomination. Like I think she's so good in that movie. But it, having watched it again a couple of times this week, so good. Like really underratedly good, even despite saying how great she was in the first place. Like that's I think is a very a much more difficult role than maybe I originally thought it was. And she does an awesome job with it. Yep, a lot more Star Wars. They're doing episode eight right now. We're following along with the uh, tweets and such. I'm excited. I can't. You almost forget about Rogue One for a minute, but 
We have that to yeah. look forward to this year. But yeah. that's all I got for movie news. Anything else you guys got? We've got some show news that we can go to yeah, now. Hit that if you want. So uh, we've been kicking around some ideas the last. Uh, it's the uh, we teased this a little bit on Twitter this week. We've been kicking around some ideas on maybe some new ways to uh, to deliver content to you guys. And we do for those of you who listen to the show. Obviously, we do a podcast. There's that's uh, obvious. And then we do uh, we do blog posts sometimes as well. And uh, we're kind of thinking of new ways to do it. And obviously, follow us on Twitter at MAM Podcast. But we have an announcement of something we're going to start doing once a month. And we are launching a Mad About Movies newsletter. And uh, it's an email newsletter. Think of it as a magazine written by us. It'll take about five, maybe ten minutes to read, tops, nothing crazy. Um, a magazine from us once a month. We won't bombard your email uh, with articles, listicles, funny things written by us. Um, all of us love to write. That's one thing. Uh, we don't do often, and uh, this kind of gives us a forum in which to do it. And uh, we will also properly review some movies, so uh, really big kind of tentpole movies throughout the year. It's great doing the show. We love doing the show, but kind of we don't. Uh, you know, the show's conversational in nature, and uh, sometimes you don't really get to hammer home a point that you want to because the conversation kind of goes in a different direction. So Brian is a great film reviewer. Kent is uh, a really a film scholar, you know, and, and a great writer too. And I'm, uh, you know, I exist. And so um, <laughs> you're an English major. I will say that you do know more about literature than both of us combined, probably that. And uh, yes, they, maybe, maybe, but speak uh, for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kent. I mean, Brian, ha Brian has read the taboo autobiography. 16, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, way yeah, more so times gonna, than you guys have. So, so we're going to do this new letter, newsletter. The first one will come out May 1. So go to, go to podcast.com. There's a little tab on there called Newsletter. Click it and sign up. Put your email in. And uh, if, if you know we get a lot of people signing up, this is something, like I said, we're going to do once a month. Um, it'll just come to your email address. And, and uh, you know, if you're bored at work or something and you've run out of podcasts to listen to, then, you know, you can read us for five minutes and uh, we'll laugh and make you think and all that too so anything you guys want to add the address is madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash newsletter so just go there simple way to remember it that'll start pretty soon and we'll we'll be adding you know things like yeah. what's new on blu-ray what's coming out on netflix yeah. weekly recommends things like that some maybe a couple albums that we're listening to on spotify with some links and things like that just mm -hmm. I imagine the first couple of months will kind of be beta testing in some ways of just like trying to figure out what we were, what we want it to be and how, how much content we want to put out and all that good stuff. And so, uh, but I'm excited to, I'm excited to be able to, to kind of write a little more. I haven't taken much time to write reviews or anything like that because we come on the show and talk about them immediately after I see the movie. And so I'm excited to have an excuse to, to do that a little bit every once in a while. And, um, and I enjoy, I enjoy your, you gentlemen's opinion on, uh, pop culture stuff. So I'm excited to kind of see what you bring to the table on that stuff. And, uh, hopefully the listeners will like it as well. So again, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash newsletter to sign up before we talk hardcore Henry guys, I want to get your opinions on midnight special because sure. I haven't seen it yet and we might not get to do an episode on it, but uh, maybe some just general thoughts here not, no spoilers of course, but. Recommend, non-recommend, give it a grade. Uh, what do you guys think of it, Brian? It's a hard movie to digest, and it's it's kind of even harder, I think, to to really review. That's what, like, I went and saw it first, and 
we were trying to decide whether to do Hardcore Henry or Midnight Special, and I said, I really, I like the movie. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be to talk about, so we should probably do something different. Um, Jeff Nichols is one of my favorite directors. Uh, this is his third, um, I don't want to call this mainstream movie by any means, but it's a bigger movie. He had a, he had another movie, uh, Shotgun Stories, that is very small on a very small budget, but uh, Take Shelter is an awesome film and just is really... Um, he toys with your, your, um, he, he's so good. Jeff Nichols is, is uh, at, um, creating dread out of situations that shouldn't feel dreadful. Like he's really good at that and he gets great performances out of his actors. And so take shelters an awesome movie and mud was my number one movie of 2013. And I, I still, I stand by that. I think it's an, it's an incredible film. I don't know that if I think partly it's, it's great because, uh, I'm from the South and it, it has such a, a reverence for Southern or respect for Southern culture. Great film. This is uh Richard. I'm really interested to hear what you have to say on this because it's, it's way out there from either of the other two films that he's made. Um, and I don't know that it brings it all together every time out or every moment. There's some, I had some questions just plot wise heading out of the theater and I, it is one of the few times, without giving anything away, it's one of the few. You guys know I hate limited release, uh, with the with the fiery passion. This is one of the few times where I felt like it was the right decision to go limited release because I don't see a how this was going to reach mass audiences, and b the the final act resembles um, a movie from last year that did not do so well, and and I think that probably is what kind of pushed it towards. We're just going to give it a very small release and not. Not trying really? to spend any more money on it. Yeah, what, I'll what be happy movie, to tell you. What movie did it compare to? Just so you can say that, right? I, I kind of think it might give it away, some of it away, if I if I say it honestly. Like oh, I wow. think, I'll I'll text you off the air. But there, there's some real similarities to a movie that we were very excited about and did not do well last year. And so I think that may have been what happens. But it's kind of like it's like Pixels. an ET. Yeah, Pixels. Chappy. We were Chappy. all really excited about Pixels. Um, but it's got kind of an <laughs> ET vibe to it, which is cool. But but it's not an extraterrestrial. It's a it's a human kid. Um, you know what it kind of reminded I, me of in the trailer? And sorry to cut you off, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of a kind of a K-Pax vibe. Is it? <laughs> sure. Yes. Yeah. There, there, K-Pax. There's, yeah. Probably. There's Kevin some Spacey's similarities there. <laughs> Probably. Easily. Yeah. I, easily. I think. I don't. I mean. <laughs> yeah. So that yes, there's a, there's a similar vibe there. It's an interesting it's an interesting movie. It's one that I would say if you're a if you're a weekend moviegoer, like if you're the if you're the person who goes to the movies once, maybe twice a month if you're lucky, I would say you could probably skip this one cuz I don't know that it's going to resonate with mass audiences, but if you're like a real cinephile and you're trying to to see 50, 100 movies a year, like this is it's one that you should see because it it would be very interesting to kind of hear what people think about it i think because it's i'm not a thousand i'm not 100 percent sold on it as a great film but i came away feeling like yeah there were some flaws there but i really i think it was there's like kind of moments of genius i think so i i would come out as like an a minus but you could talk me up or down oh, wow. you know it's it was an interesting a very interesting experience well any general thoughts richard uh, yeah i'll go quickly because i know 
Um, but I've, I look at this movie. I was very excited about. It. I like all the people involved in it, especially I, I, I love mud a lot. I think it's a great movie. Adam driver's obviously kind of peaking and all that. I was surprised Brian, you didn't like this more because it's so, so kind of Spielberg in tone and kind of yeah. seems like it's up your alley. I didn't like this movie. I thought I would love it. I would say a C plus maybe, maybe a B minus, but I found myself really like, rolling my eyes a lot at some of the contrivances and some of the kind of forced heart. I don't know. Um, and I mean, it wasn't cheesy or anything, but I don't know. I just, this is a, a weird step for, for a really talented fil- filmmaker. It's not a, it's not Batman versus Superman or anything awful. It's just like, I really expected this to be an A or a plus and was just kind of let down by yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's fair assessment. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I enjoyed the highs and the lows kind of bummy out it it seems like a half finished product in a lot of ways like it 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 it, i think it has something of value in its idea and its concept and the acting is really good and i mean look michael shannon michael shannon read that sorority letter and it should have won him an oscar you know what i mean like he's (laughs) just such an incredible actor he's got such a great presence joel edgerton was really good i mean i'm i thought the the performances were awesome it made me want to be part of my problem because i don't like Joel Edgerton at all ever yeah yeah I know you're I know you're not a fan of him I to me this was the best thing he's done since uh Warrior like I I enjoyed having him on screen whereas there's been times recently where I was like I don't love this dude at this point but anyway um I don't think it's I don't think it's great it made me more than anything it made me want to see Jeff Nichols get if not like a blockbuster property then at least get $25, $50 25 50 million dollars from a from a studio to do something with cuz i think i think he's got a great mind and this is kind of a step back from from mud but it's still i think the concept is really quite interesting and and maybe something more could be done if if he got an opportunity to to do something bigger i think do you think it suffers from maybe overambition or something like that yeah or yeah, I mean that that's a that's probably a good way to put it. I you know, one what I like about Take Shelter and Mud, one one of the things that I really like about both of those films is that they are very well thought out films from from A to Z. They um they are they know their identity, they know where they're going, um and they're able to you know, Mud Mud is such a simple film, but it, that's been done in different, you know, different ways over the last 30 years. Um, and then it kind of like mastered the art of what Mud is trying to do, I guess, because right. it it just really he seems to very he seems to understand his movies, his stars, his characters so well, and knows where to take him. And in this one, it doesn't quite have that ability. And so I I wonder if you know sometimes you sometimes you love your characters, and sometimes you just don't quite understand your characters. And I you hope that you kind of weed those movies out at some point, or flesh them out enough to do something different with them and this one it just kind of seems stuck in the mud of like this is 75 percent a really good movie but the other 25 percent just doesn't quite fit or doesn't quite come to the surface the way you you really want it to mm-hmm. you would i guess you would agree with that richard uh yeah i would but it is yeah. he as richard mentioned it's very spielbergian yeah. um and it it has a i i enjoyed good chunks of it i just like i said it just seemed like the fir- this is the first time that i've seen him do a movie where i felt like that wasn't 
as he didn't do this story as well as he could have done it. Does that make sense? Like yeah. Take Shelter is probably an A minus A type. It's not an A plus. It's not a perfect film by any means, but he got a 10 out of 10 on that movie and mud is the same way. 10 out of 10 on what you're trying to do with that kind of movie. And oh, this is more so, like, yeah, yeah, it just a didn't seven get out of 10, okay. you know, yeah. just didn't quite get yep. there. And it, that's fine. You know, it happens. It's not, I don't think it's a bad movie and I don't think it's one that he should like, you know, this should not keep him from getting uh, another chance to make a movie, but it is no, interesting no, not at all. That, that this is the one where he, I don't know what the budget was, but I would guess he got more budget on this than he has on the other two. Mm-hmm. And he, and it has the most. Even though like, it's disappointing, like yeah. the to me, it it makes me have more faith in him as a filmmaker because it just shows range. Sure. You yeah. Know, even if he's in a strong yeah. suit, he can make a a B minus sci fi movie. Like mm-hmm. to me, that makes me more excited for his future. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. It was just kind of a kind of disappointing because I expected this to be top ten of the year, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. Same. So you you don't think it no acting award no this isn't going to be around later in the year at all it's not they're not going to stick no. around it's not ex machina or anything like that or no I don't think it has that stamp no. I mean Michael That's Shannon what I thought is it would be. really good and deserve I mean if you at the end of the year I think there's it's likely that there's a place for him in like the discussion but this is not a movie that's it hasn't you know ex machina really kind of caught the imagination or the the attention uh, in a way that this is this is not going to do, which is, you know, it's fine. That happens, but it is a little unfortunate uh, because just from as a, a big Jeff Nichols fan, I, I kind of, I want to see him get more acclaim because I want to see, uh, I want to see more movies from him. I want to see what he can do uh, with the bigger budget. And, um, and I love, you know, Michael Shannon is in every single one of his films to this point and he, and his he's great and everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he just gets so much good. He gets great performances out of that guy which is not that hard, but it seems like they, they get each other really well and, and work together uh, quite substantially. So anyway, it, it was, I, I enjoyed the film a little more than Richard did, but it is one that is, it's very flawed and, and uh, it kind of is a, a little bit of a disappointment from maybe what we, what I expected or what I thought we were going to get. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll see it. Maybe the right person will see it and give Jeff Nichols a good opportunity to do a big, property or something yeah. like that we'll have to keep our eye out for that sure but maybe i'll see it and i'll get my thoughts uh yeah would love eventually. to hear it i think you i think it would be a good movie for you to see like yeah. like i said people who are big time moviegoers should should get out and see the movie if but if you're struggling to get a babysitter once a month you should, probably don't want to spend your money on this one hey what's up ma'am fam kent here and yes if you're hearing from me you know it's time to talk about blue apron if you haven't tried out blue apron by now What the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, well with that, 
Let's get our thoughts on a little bit of Hardcore Henry. Well, Richard, you and I did get yes. to experience this. That's Is that what you want to call it, experience, maybe? It was. Um, it was. I felt like I should have been, like, harnessed in or something. Right. That a shaky-handed teenager should, <laughs> you know, strap me in before this thing or something. It didn't feel like a movie. But not, that's not necessarily negative. Yeah, and I think a lot of the conversation, at least for me, is going to just involve – uh, what kind of concept this is and, you know, if there's any future in this. I think that's more – this is more of an experiment more than it is a movie that anyone's serious about, I feel like. Does that make sense? Right. Like, no, hey, totally. we, like, hey, we have this technology now. You know, we can do GoPros in a certain way where we could do four or five of them and stitch them together and, you know, kind of have this wide angle. Um, is it more than a concept to you? Um. Yes, but slightly more in this. I, w- I wouldn't okay. say I was like blown away at the filmmaking. I would say it is more than just a stunt. It's not just a you know a single stunt movie, but barely more than just a stunt. If that's fair, yeah. It uh, this is a weird one because I mean, there's definitely potential in this idea. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like the execution right. was there at all. And definitely in certain scenes and certain moments, you feel wow, this is really mm-hmm. kind of cool, and I've never d- seen or experienced anything like this before. Uh, but in other areas, you know, they could have done better, obviously, and they, I think you could have done this in a different way and made, made mm-hmm. it more approachable uh, to a wider audience. Um, f- you know, for example, you, you made the shaky cam comment. And, uh, right. There are definitely elements like in the action sequences and the big, definitely tentpole action sequences in this movie where the, the point of view works the first person works uh quite mm-hmm. well but then yeah in the kind of i would end- say the best the best it's worked since the doom movie <laughs> for the, well, like 10 minutes nah. first person okay I, you, you, don't get me started on i want to compare this to doom we'll do a whole, two hours on that no yeah it's but true we get talking definitely, definitely uh didn't know if this would work at all and it works in moments but kind of the in-between is where it didn't work for me and uh, where it lost me and it, it got annoying for me is kind of the in-between action where he's just kind of walking around or running from place to place. It's not, it's almost as if they should have used it for the action scenes alone and found another way to tell the story without it in the other, uh, in the other moments. I think it would have worked as a film better that way, but they're kind of so committed to, like I said, the experiment or the idea, like, could we do a, a movie in complete first person with a script that's written in complete first person? And you know what I mean? And and kind of revolve around one person. So we're, I mean, you're kind of experiencing it as the character and everything. It's definitely a different way to do it and a different way to tell a story that I haven't experienced before. But, but, uh, I mean, you could have supplemented that with some good, decent filmmaking, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's not like it could have, it could have been (laughs) a a combo of like the raid and dread, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But with more point of view, like it could have, you could have, had moments where it wasn't the right. First but I, person think, and, I, I, I think the thinking is, you know, the stunt part of this is that, you know, if, if it's not fully in POV, it probably doesn't get the budget it got because like, that's, that's yeah. what's drawing people to the theater. So I get it, but yeah. yes, it definitely would have been better without that. Not in some of the POV stuff is really cool. And it's not just, it's not just video game 
It's oh, like it's crazy. Super interestingly, narratively, and also uh, visually, and it's like nothing you've never seen in parts. I mean, it's really, really an innovative film in a lot of ways. It reminds me of like it's not as good, even though this isn't a great movie. It certainly hasn't aged well, but it's kind of like the three hundred of twenty sixteen. Okay. Like remember when we realized that we could stylize CGI in like two thousand five, two thousand six, mm-hmm. and then but the first time you really saw that manifest itself was three hundred, and it was just like a real experience seeing that in the theater, and. uh and it's not an awful film by any means. It's certainly better than a lot of things that Snyder's made. But uh, it's it's it was just kind of like a cool. Uh, I remember like going. I, you know, I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies in my life. Humble brag, but I remember that night going to see Three Hundred. And I think I'll remember going to see Hardcore Hardcore Henry. But um, it's uh, but th- that does not a great film make right. It's just a memorable experience. I think so. And if that's the goal, then. Then mission accomplished, I guess, if they're just going for an experience like you haven't had before. But it it occurred to me, and I mean, this could have been cool to do this whole movie in VR and have this be like the first VR movie. Does that make sense? Sure. Like, yeah, that would have been basically shot the whole thing in in 360 GoPro anyway. To have this like as a VR experience, and they might do that maybe for the for the home release or something like a VR experience where. You're not even it's not even forcing you to look for your head to look around like they do in the movie, you know, when the camera still pans around like it would. It's telling you where to look, in other words. In the VR experience you could look wherever you want, you know, and kind of experience it as you want to. And I mm-hmm. think that would have been crazy. That could have been maybe not bigger because obviously you can't do that in the theater, but maybe more hype around it or I don't know. Um it just occurred to me like, man, this this would have been such a cool like Oculus thing. Uh, or something you could download with exactly. the new Samsung and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, the Samsung gear or whatever it's called, where you just put your phone in. Which and is the not VR. at all. I mean, a lot of technology is overrated. Uh, the, the right. Oculus is not. Like, if you haven't had that experience yet, even like the really simple demos of it are the coolest things ever. Like definitely, if you know someone with the capability or you're, you're thinking about buying uh, you know, the Samsung or the headset. It's I, I highly recommend it. I think it's so cool. So this kind of exists in sort of a futuristic world. Uh, what did you think of the world itself and the plot of this movie? Um, the, I'd seen the trailers, but you're so kind of captivated by um, the action. It just seems like some vague person is yelling at you and you like fall, <laughs> fall out of a pod. And then, you know what I mean? Right. Um, it's like those, the little vignettes, if you play video games and I don't play that many, but when I do, it's like, uh-huh. I never pay attention during those vignettes. Like it's just someone screaming at me and then all of a sudden it's gameplay and then I have to figure out what they were yelling at me about. Um, <laughs> that's how the trailers work for this. And so I had no idea what the plot was or anything. Maybe I'm just stupid, but, uh, so it was interesting. I didn't know that the character would be like kind of a cyborg. I thought it was a dude. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, I knew it was the girl from that Hugh Grant. I know it was like, I recognize that girl. And then I figured out it was the girl from that Hugh Grant movie, Music and Lyrics, which I was pretty pumped about that pool in the back of my brain. And that's about all I thought about it going in. Yeah. And, and uh, but the plot narratively, I mean, it's really silly in parts. And, and um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think they paid much. I think it's they kind decided. of cliche for me. If it was like this whole it, super soldier thing yeah, and they, like, we're going to make multiple right. ones it's of like you. They, and they figured out how to sh- yeah, they figured out how to shoot the movie, and then they're like, all right, let's just piece together an 80-page script. Who cares about any of this? It's just something that gives us a plot to shoot, right? Something that gives um, them an excuse for Henry to be basically invincible, so where he can go all these crazy action scenes. He can fly off buildings. He can fall out of a helicopter, mm-hmm. all, all this stuff, and it's, still survive easily. Yep. Like, oh, well, he's a cyborg, so he can do that. You know, He's a super soldier <laughs> cyborg. Just, 
So it's all just device, 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 which is cool. I mean, it's fine. And like, it feels like it'd be an awesome Universal Studios ride or something. I mean, if this was shot like a regular movie, this would be probably one of the worst movies of the year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. There's so definitely some in- like... innovative action, but I, I can't tell if it's it's well choreographed action because of the point of view we're looking at or if it's mm-hmm. if if this is like on the level of the raid and or a John Wick or something like that. You right. Know, these movies that have come out in the past few years that like, man, those action scenes, you haven't seen anything like it. You know, I can't tell if it's more than a gimmick or if this is a real good action. I think there's piece. definitely you know some saying? great choreography and stunt work done in this and. You know, it's not so much what's happening in the foreground. It's oftentimes the background and the kind of texture and the the detail that makes the action scenes really, really cool. I started looking kind of just watching all the nuance later in the movie and, and was really excited. Um, you know, the plot is pretty obvious. Yeah. It's like guy creates a robot, guy's evil. So robot, spoiler alert, kills everybody pretty much, right? right. But uh, I feel bad like breaking it down super critically because – it kind of almost exists as one thing, but I do want to talk uh, some of it. Sure, Please. some of the casting. This is this not the most. <laughs> is this not the most Charlotte Copley movie of all time? Yeah, like, if, you, totally. if I were to tell you about this, I'd be like, "Well, who who do you think's going to be in that? Like <laughs> Charlotte Copley? Oh yeah, well we'll do him. Who else is going to be in it? Well, how about we just have Charlotte Copley in in like five roles? Like just use him for every yeah, it's character. Like the, it's like the clumps with uh, Charlotte Copley, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's it seems cliche, but it's it's I mean, credit to him. He fits this perfectly. I mean, it, it does seem like the perfect thing for him to do. But I just I was kind of laughing in the back of my head and eye rolling every time they brought him back. Like you think he dies and he comes back as a different character. Like, is this a bit or is, what? You yeah. know, is there cloning happening here? And obviously, they you know, they explain more of it later. But it's it was just a very funny moment uh, to realize that he was in this movie multiple times because it just seemed so natural but uh i love him i think he's fun he's great he, he didn't do enough stuff but he's uh he's a he good find stop working with uh bomb camp right uh, i think his role as Chappie, although it wasn't his face is one of his better one of his better roles that was him by the way that's sad yeah gosh chappy r.i.p but <laughs> no i just thought that was funny yeah, his character was, his character was probably my favorite because he's just so off the wall, you know, just don't know what's going to happen. And when you have a main character, which is you or Henry, you can't, you're not talking. He kind of does take you through the story and you kind of have to like him or he has to be charismatic to find kind of want to follow him through this, uh, through this journey. But, uh, the love story stuff was kind of obvious to me too. how do you feel yeah. about that? I mean, the same. The fact that his his brain was kind of reprogrammed and everything, like, well, obviously everything they're telling him, he's going to believe because he's, you know, just woken up or whatever it is. And I thought there was, yeah. I think if you want to see something like this tonally, it doesn't have quite the the visual flair. Just instead of going and see this, just watch Edge of Tomorrow again. (laughs) Wouldn't wouldn't that be the recommend? Like Edge of Tomorrow is just a way better version of this tone. Yeah, yeah, it does do the tone. I would say the raid is more this tone, and yeah, or dread, awesome. dread is man. Not enough people saw dread. I wish there was a. Yeah, I wish we would have got more. Loves the dread. Ken is the dread champion of this show, and probably the entire internet. Which if, is cool. If, it's if a cool twice the amount of people had seen it, and that's not a lot. I only made like thirty million dollars or something crazy, but would have had a sequel to that, and that 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 was well done. It just didn't have the audience. I don't know why. 
I mean, just like this, this made $5 million. Uh, Hardcore Henry did. It just didn't have the audience. And, and that's sad because it's often those smaller type of movies, those kind of ones that go out on a limb that really set the tone for action or, you know, something that you never expect is going to change uh, what action scenes are uh, for the next few years. But do you think this could be applied or is this kind of a Hardcore Henry cinematic universe kind of thing where it's this this trilogy and we're going to do this for this or do you think there are going to be more obviously this wasn't a financial success but like our other directors going to come here and see get influential get, and say man i could really do something with that you know kind of like do, with 3D i don't or think something. it'll be i don't think it'll be theatrical again though i think you touched on it like i think someone's going to make a movie for the rift at some point yeah i think they're doing it for uh, john wick i saw they're doing a john wick experience on Maybe Universal Studios or something, a VR experience okay. or something like that. I don't know, but that could be something to look out for. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think this – I think this is more of a one-off, and it's an experience. But, I mean, how long did it take you to get sick or tired or tired of the gimmick? Because that's that was kind of what I wanted of, to judge it on. I don't get I sick. I'm not a motion sick guy. Mm-hmm. Um uh, So I didn't get sick or anything, but I did get annoyed with it. I mean, that that kind of – just busyness has about a 40 minute shelf life with me, which as evidence on this podcast, so, so do most, you know, movies. So, um, but I, I did get bored of it, but it, you know, if something cool, different would happen. I'd kind of get excited, but I didn't get dizzy or sick or anything, but I'm, I'm the wrong guy to ask. Cause that I, I don't really get that. Yeah. What... I get more, I'm much more disoriented by just the way my brain is like, I found Batman versus Superman way more disoriented just yeah. because like sound really disorients me more than visual. Yeah. And there were moments here and why I thought of the VR is because there were moments where he's like laying down. I think he's going under a car at one point. He's hiding under cars when he's under fire and he's kind of looking around for the enemy. But I, I just found him looking in a way that I didn't want to look in certain parts, you know, and you kind of want to close your eyes at those moments because it's making you dizzy. Like there were certain moments where I, I certainly got sick, but it only took me about 40 minutes or so to be completely done with like, OK, I've seen this. Like almost walk out at that point, but I did want to see how the story ended because I knew it would be crazy. And uh, the story begins with the opening credits, and it's kind of a. How did you feel about that? It's kind of close up on like murders, different kinds of murder. Yeah. How did you? Yeah. Feel? Uh. Upset. That was weird. That was like a weird dark turn. Yeah. Um. And uh, this movie works better, I think, if it was a little more frothy and light. The reason it it's annoying sometimes is like how self serious it is, and that was part of that. <laughs> it's kind of weird because Snyder it's did like almost you're making the, a f- Snyder yeah. did almost the same thing in Batman vs Superman with the slow motion of the Batman's parents yeah. getting murdered and the gun and the the pearls and that whole dramatic mm-hmm. stuff. It's almost like that here, but it's just no, we're gonna show a a knife going into a skull at extremely high frame rate. <laughs> while the credits are swirling around his head and all that. Uh, we see it's kind of cliche at this point, those types of credit sequences. We have 300 and uh, Watchmen and things like that to thank for it. Thank you, Snyder. But uh, yeah, definitely the beginning, I was like, this isn't funny. It's not like a Deadpool kind of way where yeah, it's, it's kind of exactly. disturbing, but it's done tongue in cheek. So you're kind of, it's kind of sets the tone for the movie. It's kind of really dark and kind of it set a weird tone for what I was about to expect. Uh, as far as that goes, but this is maybe a choice that I would have changed 
in it. But you know, there are moments where I think the v, the uh, point of view works well, especially when you're kind of sure. falling from the jet in the pod. Yes, that would have been really cool in like an That's... Omni theater or something like that, or an IMAX. Right. You know, mm-hmm. totally. It was cool on my 55 inch TV at home during the trailer. Yeah. So I can't imagine how cool it would have been, you know, at, at uh, an, on a 55 or a, you know, 300 foot screen. And I thought the him kind of waking up and getting being put together and all that was kind of a cool sequence as well, where he's laying down on the table and his arm is being put on and he's being like sewn up with all mm-hmm. the different kinds of robots yeah. and stuff. That was well uh, envisioned. Yeah, that, was cool. that was that was very science fictiony and cool. Mm-hmm. But um, there are moments where it feels kind of real world too. When Henry's driving through the car and gets pulled over, you know, it kind of feels like mm-hmm. he really got pulled over, and the cops come up to the car and and they open fire on him. But I mean, in that moment, you kind of feel it. Kind of feels real for a few seconds, and uh, that kind of that gave me a little adrenaline rush there too. Uh, but there, you know, there are ways, I guess, to do this and to make it feel real without feeling campy. But the the best moment, I mean, it's kind of the trailer, uh, sort of the climactic action sequence is when the queen music comes in and everything, and he's going crazy with the guns and uh, having a good time. I think it's is the song or whatever. Mm-hmm. You think this may, movie maybe would have worked well. Maybe the uh, bu- this is because of the budget, but how they used more pop music in it and stuff and made it more kind of fun and more, I don't know, a lighter tone. Does it take? Is that mainly the fault here? Is that it takes itself too serious? I think it, it could have worked a little better. I totally like think because the, the, when the that music comes the, in at the, the end, f- you're like, "Oh, now here we go!" You know, yeah. it just feels there's such a jump in energy at that point. But and I, look, I love comedy. Not everything has to be funny. Things could be serious. I'm fine with that. But like, I don't know when you when you're taking a risk like this. I just think it's it's definitely smart to kind of hedge your bet and add some comedy because it just makes that success rate a lot lower if you're taking it super seriously. And this just didn't, cause like, look, even if a movie's not great, you kind of remember enjoying yourself in there. Like, um, and this just didn't really have hardly any of that. So, you, you know, while some of the visuals are cool, you kind of walk out like beaten down and in a fun first person action movie shouldn't be like that. Yeah. I almost wonder if this is a movie that you have to see in the theater to get any kind of experience, you know? Uh, would this really work on a iPad if you're watching it? Do you know what I'm saying? Is this kind of is this ever going to work again if it didn't work now? That's kind of a yeah. I mean, it, like it would be. Is it be even so cult, cool is it not... even cult level? Is that what I, that's what I'm asking? I guess mm-hmm. like kind of a cult I, action movie. It'd be cool if they could cut it where you could control the looking around and, and then let it be downloadable for Oculus Rift. How cool would that be? That would be great. You think there's a cut of it somewhere where? They can put all those camera angles together. I don't know. Well, I mean, basically what they do, and if you've seen the rig, I mean, it's basically like a helmet rig. It's got basically, you know, two GoPros for the eyes, or the eyes would be, and then kind of one for the uh, forehead and one for the chin. And, I mean, with that many go, I mean, you get a pretty wide angle, and that gives you kind of freedom in editing to kind of pan, pan and scan around at things. Maybe that maybe if the guy didn't look in a certain direction, you can show certain things. You know what I mean? It gives you more freedom later to choose what you want to choose. But like I said, it gives you such a wide angle. There's got to be, yeah, at least a file, maybe not 360, but definitely 180 complete up and mm-hmm. down, left and right. That would be something I would 
I would definitely do. But wow, that would be that would definitely be an experience. But uh, I just don't know if this is ever going to work again. I mean, I mean, I had high hopes for this. Um, I still kind of have a positive experience just because I know this is kind of a one-off thing. And I will say this, the CGI, just the way, and I've said this a lot with Deadpool, and I, I said it in multiple horror movies that we've talked about, and just the way they can do death and just gore now with CGI and practical effects is like mm-hmm. – it's almost like fun to watch these movies just for that. Just to see like, wow, I've never seen a guy get his head sliced off by a katana. And then, you know, the, 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 the some of the murders that Henry right. does is just like, oh, I'm kind of glad I saw that. But <laughs> that's horrible, you know? Um, right. I throwing mean, that, somebody I through the propellers of the, air, of, the, of the helicopter and everything. That was cool. Just... That was awesome. <laughs> like, I'm not what? even like a violence nut, but that was a cool shot. You know, yeah, it's like why why was CGI invented? So we can watch people die in cool ways. That's always yeah. Or you can make the uh, make uh, Darwin Awards possible or something. Yeah, it's uh, it's when like, you work <laughs> things like that into the plot, like in this, like yeah, you have to get this little uh, computer chip, but it's behind the enemy's heart, so you're gonna have to kill him and then tear his heart out. Yeah, so you can get the chip. That just seemed like such a contrivance of plot. It's great. They definitely thought that shot up way before they thought of how to make it happen. Oh man, that stuff is intense though. When he's just kind of, kind of looking down, he's just kind of cutting guts out of people. And uh, I mean, you got you kind of have to do that. You kind of have to go, you gonna have to go all out with this. You can't kind of play it tame action wise almost, because then what's the point of having the POV if it's just kind of a normal. If this is Fast and Furious, and it's all, you know, it just, does it work at all in, on any level? Like, it's almost the campiness know. of it is what, I guess, the only thing you have is ch- ch- chance of success. I mean, a movie like Mad Max Fury Road last year came with that sort of element, but I don't know. Oh, it's just, just a it, much better movie. It's just like, a much I better mean, movie, much, and, and but, I mean, it yeah. took that risk is what I'm saying. Like, okay, we're just going to have a guy on a it did take the risk on giant amps and he's gonna yeah, have a flaming yeah. guitar like we're gonna go well, all out, you know totally i mean mad max is not you know uh campy i don't think and that's a risk like it, it probably would have been easier to make it campy they definitely risked it being bad in order to make it serious but it's great so they don't have to worry about it retrospectively but um it's uh it's 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 tough but this you know tried to land on that very narrow very self-serious landing strip and and uh, i think it crashed a little bit there this might be a property it might be a comic book i'm sure it is somewhere at some point or something but do you think this would have worked better if it was like this was duke nukem or something like maybe a property that people knew like hardcore henry i don't know just for the average maybe even video game fan there's kind of like what is that you know i don't know you could with the video game world you could have maybe attached a property to this and done it in a different in a different way Duke Nukem would have been the way to do it, but don't know if that's a property people care about it anymore. Like said, they tried, they tried it with uh, with Doom in like '04, I think. Yeah, with the Rock, and uh, with the Rock, and there was some, there was some single camera. I mean, some some first person uh, uh, action in that. But uh, on the video game front, though, I mean, there there's even the action sequences and the settings of those feel like individual levels of games in a way. You know, like all right, now we're in the one of them felt like the bunker and golden eye. One of them, you know, they were kind of in a outdoor level at one point. It just feels like every scene is kind of in a maze or kind of a labyrinth of its own. He's just kind of mm-hmm. walking through hallways, killing people as they come and things like that. 
Um, but what didn't work for me action wise, and it never does, is kind of the supernatural stuff with the with the antagonist here. Kind of uh, how he's kind of all powerful and a right. Jedi in a way. I just don't. I don't care. Just make him mean and angry, and give him a big gun, and that works for me as a villain. I don't need the the crazy supernatural stuff at all. That's kind of where it's like, ugh. In a way, it felt like a chronicle ripoff or something like that. I don't know. How did you feel about it? <laughs> yeah. No. Look, I, I, I the plot, the entire narrative structure of this is is like eight different movies in one, uh, character wise, so that they can get to all the little stunts and things they want to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't offend me, but like you know, you make him all powerful so that your protagonist can do a bunch of really cool cool stunts. It doesn't really have to be organic to the film at all. It's just like, or to the story at all. It's just, let's make him do all this so that we can shoot this and this and this. I, I mean, it's pretty obvious when you're watching it. It's just, you know, you want it to be a better movie and it's, it's not. Oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it's fine. It actually probably should have made more than $5 million. I think a lot of the country would enjoy this for an hour and a half. It's kind of a cool, you know, it's like riding the uh, Texas giant or something at Six Flags. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a fun, it's not overly long too, which I, I liked about it, but uh, yeah, it did, it did end on, on the right note or in the right moment, all that. I didn't, yeah, for sure. Right when it, right when I was like, all right, this needs to wrap it up. It wrapped it up and I was like out of the theater. It was good. It was like, oh, yep. that was kind of totally. refreshing. Yep. But do we have any other thoughts on this? I'm going to start to wrap mine up, but uh, Go ahead. there were some fun moments come with a flamethrower. It's kind of crazy. That kind of uh, Dude, guy. What did that remind you of? What it reminded me of Star Wars or the rock of WrestleMania. WrestleMania when the rock came out. Yeah. With I almost the, texted you during that. <laughs> the reflective like outfit in the flamethrower guy that kind of stalks him for a while. That's kind of fun. Like side character moment. And uh, when he gets the adrenaline shots at the end, I think that's when the Queen music comes in. He just gets the adrenaline shots and shoots himself with a bunch, and then just goes absolutely crazy at the end. That's kind of a climactic moment, obviously. But this ends on kind of a uh, MacGruber kind of a level, <laughs> and uh, just kind of on a high. I, if you see MacGruber, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. And, and you're just like, yes. Uh, no, I would, I would, I would love MacGruber too to be in first person. What do you think of that? <laughs> no, I need first person I need throat rips. We can see the throat rips up close. If there were some scenes that would be, yeah, there are some scenes I'll, I'll, that will do. But uh, just to wrap this up, it's kind of a, I, I can kind of side recommend this. If you're not going in looking for a great movie, oh, I, I like totally this works, this works totally better than just on a popcorn level than Batman v Superman does. Cause it's not, it's not trying to be good. First off, in it's in that and, and first off, it's not three hours. That's your first step. <laughs> and there's not really a lot of slow talky stuff and stop down like, okay, now we're going to talk to a senator for 10 minutes, you know, or whatever they did. And I mean, it just, it knows what it is. It does it and it fails in some levels, but in some ways it, it, it excels. And uh, on a grade, I'm going to have to give this like a, like a B minus. Around there, okay. what what would you give it? Well, uh, it's hard. It's like, do I review the experience of watching it or do I review the film? I'm going to go ahead and review the experience of watching it. I'm going to go, I'll go B minus two. It's almost a C plus. It's leaning up against the scene plus, but I'll go B minus as well. Okay, there you have it. Hardcore Henry. Don't think we'll ever get a sequel to this, but who knows? <laughs> it's, yeah. And what my question is, what are they going to call the porn version? 
Hardcore, name, hardcore Henry. Henry. That's what you call it. <laughs> okay. I like it. <laughs> and the first person will blow your mind in that as well. Oh, can't wait. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. But let's move on and let's talk uh, Weekly Recommends. Weekly Recommends. You know what? I've got a good one for you. It's it's time. It's my it's a great time of year if you're a sports fan. I'm going to recommend Inside the NBA. Great sports show. It's the NBA playoffs. Barkley's the best. So uh, NBA Inside the NBA will be on every night starting Saturday for 40 straight nights. And if you're bored and you just want to watch Charles Barkley rant about stuff, great time to do it. So uh, Inside the NBA on TNT every night from Saturday through mid-June. Kent? Okay. Have you seen Documentary Now yet? I've seen the first episode. Okay. Well, it's on Netflix the, now. Yes, I've been waiting forever. The mockumentary series by Fred Armisen and Bill Hader. Kind of Spinal Tap-esque mockumentaries, but just like ten different subjects. And uh, the one about the band, the kind of behind-the-music one, is is incredible. I mean, it should have been a movie. It didn't I mean, It I'm didn't so- have the audience, and this is the perfect way to do it, but it's it's kind of next level. And I, I, if you haven't seen it, Richard, I'm excited, I'm excited. for you to see it. I'm, uh, I love that. I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped for it. I, the first episode's really funny about the two, the mother and daughter that live in that like creepy old house yeah. in upstate New York. Yeah. Um, I'm, I just finished the whole one, premise so. behind the the Blue Jean Committee is what it's called, and it's kind of the last two episodes of the of the season. <laughs> and it's they just went, what if these people were just terrible people and just hardcore, but they play the wimpiest music of all time. Like <laughs> just the Eagles, you know, like awful Eagles or Steve Miller band yeah. music yeah. <laughs> and uh, just going in with that premise. It is, it is pretty funny, but it's two parter. It's about an hour long blue Jean committee. I'll, I'll recommend that one. If you don't want to watch the whole series. So, so documentary now, and it's really done kind of serious. And that's what you and I made a mockumentary about a boy band in high school, Richard. And our whole mentality is, if you're serious, it makes it ten times funnier. Just take the entire thing, like, actually be a good band. Like, they're a good (laughs) – like, if they came out in the 70s, they might have actually been a decent band. It's uh, much funnier. It's it's easy to do a crappy version of, like, we did this. We did the boy band thing. We were, like – you were probably a sophomore. I was a junior. And uh, we – I was, like – you and I were adamant. Three other poor guys that we suckered into doing this that, like, we had to rehearse the dance moves because, like – We'd perform at like pep rallies and stuff, and we knew it was kind of funny if we were just a bad boy band. But we knew it was really funny if we like were really good. Like had like new choreography and like were <laughs> actually good but bad, you know, bad songs, yeah. but like it, <laughs> exactly. good in almost every other way. Yeah. Totally. So so we spent. I remember sitting in that um, 
that kind of den living room upstairs at your parents' house um, with James Wilson, Brian Lavery, and Chase Alexander, and you and me, and just like going over and over and over and over these dance moves to like make seven people laugh at school in three weeks. Like, great. <laughs> and it's that's always so much funnier. So, documentary now is on Netflix. But I want to thank our friends audible.com for sponsoring this episode. Again, start 30 days for free now at audible.com slash mad. That's their gift to us, to the listener. 30 days for free. Download an audiobook and start your journey. Richard, I know you listen to Audible a lot, and you'll screenshot me oftentimes uh, the current book you're you're listening to and you're doing other things at work and, and I know it's improved your quality of life immensely. So definitely and, recommend. And Audible has a new feature called Channels. Okay. Which are uh which is basically like kind of a it's kinda of like the iTunes with the podcast, but it's just a bunch of different brands that put out original content on Audible. So not only are there Audible books, there's uh listenable lectures and speeches and podcasts and stuff on there as well. That that's really interesting as well. It's it's an Amazon company and uh they're it's a really, really cool service and uh, I highly recommend them. They they're very kind to sponsor our show and we, we like them quite a bit, even if they didn't, but we like them even more that they did. So thank you to Audible.com. Again, audible.com slash mad to start your 30-day free trial today. But Richard, where can we find you online? You can find me at richardbarden.com or at tw- on Twitter at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find our show online at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Remember to sign up for that newsletter. Uh, if you want a t-shirt, we have a couple more shirts for sale. I think one in each size, so hop on that if you're looking to snag one of those. And uh, if you like what you hear, leave us five stars on iTunes. Those reviews go a long way. But until next they week... Help us show. They help the show so much. Until next week, when we are talking Jungle Book, I will see you Ooh. at the cinema. Hey, see you later, Ken. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salad and scrambled eggs And maybe I seem a bit confused Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.